appreciate you listening to Bible Crossfire every week at this same time. Of course, we talk about John seventeen seventeen a lot on this program, where Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Of course, we know only the truth will set us free from sin, John eight thirty two. but Jesus is saying in John seventeen seventeen that the word of God, the Bible, defines for us what the truth is. So if we want to know the answer to any particular issue, question, we must go to the Bible because it presents the truth. Judges chapter 17 verse 6 says, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Many preachers and churches are not following the scriptures as their authority in religion today. Instead, they do what is right in their own eyes. Let's demonstrate that with some human quotes. First, what the Bible says about homosexuality. I'm reading from the New King James Version, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, neither homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So we see clearly this and other passages show that homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. They won't be saved unless they repent. But notice what we read from the Birmingham News in August 2003. The Episcopal Church approved its first openly gay bishop, the Reverend Gene Robinson. Robinson replied, We have many times departed from Scripture. Robinson cited the examples of ordaining women priests and accepting divorce in the church as departures. And I quote, Just simply saying it departs from Scripture does not necessarily make it wrong. It's not just that the Episcopal Church accepts homosexuality. That's bad enough. But notice their reasoning. Quote, Just simply saying it departs from Scripture does not necessarily make it wrong. They are admitting they don't use the Bible as their authority anymore. Right? They define what is right and wrong by something other than the Scriptures, obviously. Do you see that? Brian from Louisiana. Go ahead with the question or comment, please. Hi, Brian. Hi. Um, I, um, I am... Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Um, I am... I feel like my life is an abomination to God, and uh, and uh, I I grew up in the church, and uh, I've uh, struggled with sin so badly, and I'm in the fifties, and uh, in my fifties, and uh, I'm just. I'm downtrodden. I feel like I have no hope because I've sinned so much in my life. I want to repent. I want to turn away. But do I? I mean, I know I knew the truth from a young boy, and I grew up in a, and I just ventured from it, and did my own thing. So, um, I'm just, I, I, I what did the scriptures say? I mean, what? I know what the scripture said, but I hear so many different versions of it, and I just wanted your opinion. I want to change. I want to return to the well, Lord. First of all, you have to know that God will forgive you 
For example, in Acts 2.38, he says, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So a person that's willing to repent and be baptized, he can get the forgiveness of sins. It doesn't matter how many sins he's committed. He can. It doesn't matter how bad a life he's, he lived. He's lived. He can get forgiveness. And if a Christian... The problem problem was I knew the truth. I was baptized when I was... Well, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So sometimes people become Christians and they go off into sin and the Bible says if we're willing to confess it, we can be forgiven. So that's the first thing we have to know is that we can receive forgiveness. There's hope. Uh, even a person who knows the truth and then leaves the truth, the, he can turn back. Brian, I'm, I'm looking at James five nineteen through 20. It says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth a sinner from the air of his way shall save a soul from death, shall hide a multitude of sins. So here's a person that's a brother in Christ. He's a Christian. He errs from the truth. He's in a position that if he's not converted back, he's going to lose his soul. Of course, this passage definitely teaches against once saved, always saved. But it says if, if he's converted back, his soul will be saved from death. So the first thing you have to know, Brian, based upon these three passages, is that you can be forgiven. Second of all, I think, that you need to know is that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans ten seventeen. So, sometimes we can know that we can be forgiven, but we have a hard time changing our life, changing, repenting of our sins. And I think that passages like Romans ten seventeen and Romans 1, 16 that says the power of salvation is the gospel is that if we get into Bible study, reading and studying our Bible on our own with other people, that'll make us stronger, our faith stronger. And then as our faith gets stronger, our constitution and our our will to repent of our sins becomes stronger. And we can repent. You may be in a position where you say, I, I don't think I can. You, you'll be able to repent if your faith grows stronger. You'll be able to repent. You'll be able to turn from your sins and get forgiveness. Now, Brian, I've got your number. Unless you tell me otherwise, I'll call you later. And perhaps we can set up something where we can maybe study together and uh, see if we can't get your faith to grow stronger and stronger so that you can repent and get forgiveness. What do you think, Brian? Okay. Yes, that'd be great. Okay, I'll call you later. But you consider okay. those passages I mentioned just now because I think that's going to be the beginning point, Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for your call, Brian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Just like I offered Brian, I'm willing to study with anybody. Whether you're in despair, like Brian seems to be, because you're having a hard time following God's Word, or, or, or whatever position you're in, if you'd like to study the Bible, as I said, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen, And the Gospel is the power of God into salvation, Romans 1, 16. So the key to all of it, is to get into God's Word and let it affect you. Let God's Word affect you. That comes from regularly reading and studying God's Word. And, and I'm willing to do a free Bible study with you. Normally, they last one hour. 
I send you an outline via email if you have an email ahead of time. Then we, then we agree upon a time that we're going to study for one hour. Uh, so if you'd like that free one-hour phone Bible study, I'm going to give you my cell phone number at the end of the program, and you can call and, or text me and ask for the free one-hour phone Bible study. But if you have, want to get on the air right now, if you have a Bible question or comment, the lines are wide open. The number to call is 877-655-6755. You want to get on the air with a Bible question or comment? Call us at 877-655-6755. In the meantime, we're talking about Judges 17:6, which talks about every man did that which was right in his own eyes, and we're trying to show examples of people, even people who claim to be preachers, Christians, churches, who are obviously just doing what is right in their own light, uh, eyes. For example, I quoted the quote from the Episcopal Church in trying to justify their acceptance of gay bishops. Just simply saying it departs from Scripture does not necessarily make it wrong. Well, they're obviously not using the Scriptures as their authority anymore because if they were using the Scriptures as their authority, then they would understand that if it's a departure from Scripture, that does make it wrong. But they're deciding for themselves what's right and wrong. You know, it's the same for the Presbyterian Church in US, USA. I quote, quote from Time magazine in March 2015. It says, The Presbyterian Church made an historic decision to formally recognize gay marriage and allow same-sex couples to marry in its congregations. The denomination voted to redefine the church constitutional marriage to include, quote, a commitment between two people. Did you notice how the Presbyterian Church now defines marriage? A commitment between two people? How do you think they used to define marriage? Well, it would have used to be a commitment between a man and a woman, right? Then they are admitting they have redefined what constitutes a marriage, haven't they? They've changed it, and they're admitting they've changed it to a commitment between a man and a woman to a commitment between two people. They want to be politically correct. Most importantly, how did Jesus define marriage in Matthew 19, 4-5? He said, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So we see that God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And according to Time magazine, on, in, in May 1991, this same Presbyterian church came out with this, quote, the church should reevaluate its definition of sin to reflect the changing mores, meaning customs or practices, of society. Now, compare that definition of sin with 1 John 3, 4. Quote, Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Aren't they admitting they're not using the Bible to define sin anymore? We've got to reevaluate the definition of sin to reflect the changing mores of society. In other words, they're not looking to the Bible for the definition of sin anymore. They're looking to society. If society said a hundred years ago that homosexuality is wrong, they said it's wrong. But now if society says it's right, we're going to say it's right. They're not using the Bible as their authority anymore. And you may be part of a church that's not really trying to follow the Bible. Darius from Michigan, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. 
Yeah, I got a, I got a question. I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I was raised up among unbelievers. I've been, you know, I've, I was saved, and my wife just recently been saved. I praise God on that. And, and um, but my in-laws, you know, they're, they're, they're really hard to deal with, and I feel like I'm worn in my, my house with my wife at the same time, which I feel close to hellfire sometimes, and I, I, I'm, like, protecting my children in a way where, trying to protect them from uh, people who don't acknowledge Christ and don't, I just, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly how to handle the situation, and I'm at like a crossroads with it, I, I won't let go of the cross, but I, it's just so many different doctrines and so many different divisions, and, and um, you know, I'm interpretation of scriptures, and you just kind of can get lost trying to find the real truth Well, it. It's not really that there's so many honest interpretations of Scripture. What we've just been talking about is churches are saying we need to reevaluate our definition of sin to reflect the changing mores of society. They say just simply saying it departs from Scripture does not necessarily make it wrong. So the reason all these churches have different uh, teachings is not really because they have different honest interpretations of the Bible dares. We're showing it's because they don't respect the Scriptures. The Scriptures are not defining for them what's right and wrong. Their definition of sin is not the Bible anymore. It's the changing mores of society. Now, I don't know how to, what to tell you about your in-laws, but I just read a verse, Matthew 19, 4-5. Have you not read that he which made the, the, them at the beginning made them male and female? It said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Kurt from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Encourage. All right. Uh, I just wanted to call in real quick and encourage. I think his name is Brian that just called in. Brian uh, was the first caller. Through, right, Kurt. I went through a similar, you know, six months of just despair about uh, questioning my relationship with God and after, you know, having being closed for decades. And uh, that's a lie of Satan. I think I would do the same thing. So I think that's a ploy. It's a common tactic. Brian, he's trying to beat you down. Don't believe that lie. I know you're going to have a Bible study later on. But what what helped me, I did the same. I would call people and deal with people and talk about the Bible and argue with them and say, yeah, but I did this and I did that. Jesus said, you forgive your brother seven times 77. So... How many times do you think he'll forgive you and me and all of us? So don't believe that lie. Stay encouraged, and I can just hear despair in your voice. I have felt it, too. It's a tough place to be, and just, I don't know, that's what I wanted to kind of share, that I went through it for six months, and uh, just don't believe that lie, and just focus into the, the Word of God and focus on the fact that God gave His only Son to die on the cross for us. And if we were not forgiven, that would make that whole endeavor and activity in vain. So maybe just focus on that and stay encouraged and uh, God bless you. I just kind of want to, I, I hope that helps. Thank you for your comments, Kirk. I appreciate it. And Kirk is right. We could sin an infinite number of times and as long as we're willing to turn back to God, as long as we're willing to turn back to God, He'll forgive us. I'm turning to Ezekiel 18. Uh, even though this is in the Old Testament, and the law they had to obey back then was different, I think it would be good to read it right now. 
uh, for Brian and for, for based upon what uh, was just mentioned. It says in Ezekiel 18 verse 21, But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. All his transgressions that he hath committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him in his righteousness that he hath done. Shall he live? Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live? So it's clear the wicked, if he'll turn from his wickedness, all the transgressions that he's committed, they won't be mentioned. They'll be forgiven him. So it doesn't matter how many sins you've committed. God will forgive you. You have to turn from it. Now, based upon some of these quotes I've given, do you see what many churches are doing? They don't agree with what God says in the Bible. So they have quit using the Bible to define right and wrong. Instead, we should pay more attention to passages like Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Larry from Tennessee, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Well, I just wanted to comment. Uh, I don't know if anybody happened to be watching TV about 7 o'clock on ABC. Uh, they're hosted a family feud there with uh, all homosexualities. Hmm. All homosexuals, I'm sorry. It's just getting worse all, and worse, isn't it, Larry? All the contestants are homosexuals. <laughs> okay, I'll get off and let you uh, continue. Larry, thanks for your call. Next, let's, well, let me mention, if you have a Bible question or comment, Call us at 877-655-6755. That number to call is 877-655-6755. Next, let's notice what the Bible says about divorce and remarriage in Matthew 19, 9. Jesus said there, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her which is put away doth commit adultery. And this is what all churches used to believe at one time, what Jesus said in Matthew 19, 9. But notice what Anthony Donovan in the Orange County, California, register said. Quote, Some conservative groups believe that divorced people who marry another spouse are living in sin. Well, that's what Jesus said in Matthew 19.9. If you divorce and marry another, you're in adultery. Then Donovan went on to say, However, the number of divorces in the United States has led most denominations away from that teaching. Now, Donovan, I assume, is a liberal, but he's right in this case. Most churches don't stand for the truth anymore on divorce and remarriage. What Jesus said in Matthew 19, 9, that if you divorce for any reason other than adultery, fornication, and remarry, the second marriage is adulterous. Most churches don't stand for that truth anymore on divorce and remarriage, not because they restudied the issue from the Bible and found out they were wrong, but because divorce became so prevalent, they were pressured into accepting it. I mean, if they start, if 20 to 30 percent of your membership is in a marriage, an adulterous marriage, violation of Matthew 19:9, and you start preaching Matthew 19:9 as it, what it clearly says, then 20 percent of your congregation may leave and think, what's that going to do to the contribution? So they they quit standing for the truth on divorce and remarriage, as Donovan said, because of the number of divorces in the United States went up so much that they quit standing for the truth. It had nothing to do with what the Bible says. The Bible's easy to understand 
Matthew 19.9 is not hard to understand. It's not like, well, they have a different, honest interpretation of it. No, they don't follow the Bible anymore. The Bible is not their authority. Instead, what will bring in the most people? What will keep those divorced and remarried people in our church? That's how they decide the answer to that question on divorce and remarriage. They're not using the Bible to decide right and wrong anymore. Trent from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yes, thank you. Um, as someone who is a uh, a person who acknowledges the proclivity to homosexuality but has wanted to uh, not act on that but still have those feelings, does the Lord look at the orientation, the feeling as a sin, or the actual behavior? Well, it's the actual behavior... For example, here's a, a man who's single, never been married. He has a he he has an attraction to a female, okay, straight. Mm-hmm. Right. He has that attraction, but it's not a sin if he doesn't act on it. So here we have a homosexual whose mind has become perverted. He actually has an attraction to same sex. He 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 has to not act upon it. And if he doesn't act upon it, he doesn't sin. In the meantime, Trent, you know there are organizations out there like Exodus International that can help a person change their attraction, change their sexual orientation back to heterosexual desires. And that's what a person needs to try to do is change back his desires back to heterosexual desires or else he's going to be running into problems all his life uh, on this on this issue. Trent, okay. you got any follow-up with that? Well, just that I've that I never had an attraction to women. I mean, as a young child, I never had that. It was something I struggled with ever since I was a kid, and would, mm-hmm. you know, just I would worry about it and be depressed, and you know, and and then I I did, you know, I've fallen away and come back and it's been you know a constant struggle but um mm-hmm. i do i do recognize you know god's will and i'm trying to, li- to live that but uh i you know i never did have an attraction to females and yeah so, so you really don't i mean i'm not trying to argue with you but you really don't have an attraction a sexual attraction to anybody till you start to reach into the years of puberty okay so to say you don't remember having this attraction when you were a child, of course not. You didn't hadn't reached puberty yet. But but Romans 1, 26 and 27, Trent, not only calls homosexuality a sin, but it says it's unnatural. So homosexuals, they're not born that way. It's an unnatural affection. And, and when they have that affection, that desire, first and foremost, they cannot act upon that desire because it will always be sin. Secondly, they can change their orientation, as we call it, back to the norm. It can be done. Many people have, Trent. Trent, why don't I... I may try to call you later off the air, and perhaps we can uh, uh, try to talk about this further. And I appreciate your call and your honesty, okay? Okay, thank you. Have a good evening. You too. Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
So what seems right to us may not be right. Only God's Word can tell us what is actually right. Well, I've just been told i got one more minute, so I won't go into any more of that. But just keep in mind that John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you continue in my Word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And the you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the only way we can be a disciple indeed, a true disciple, is by continuing in Jesus' word, and then knowing the truth, the truth will set us free from sin, not false teaching. And that's one reason I offer this free one-hour phone Bible study, so that we can learn truth together. We can learn what it means to actually continue in Jesus' word, instead of these Things that churches are teaching, well, just because it's a departure from Scripture does not necessarily make it wrong. They're not even trying to continue in Jesus' Word. We can talk about that. If you'd like the free one-hour phone Bible study, call or text me at 256-682-9753.